And I, re- I really don't remember when I signed up for it. it it's more than, a, more than a decade ago. But every, every Tuesday, I get an email from Goop. It's, it's a little spreaking newsletter that the latest offerings and hits from the, well, the strange and expansive wellness, cookware, skincare, publishing, TV and vaginal gimmick empire of Gwyneth Paltrow. I guess you could say that I'm Goop curious. Uh, exceeding my curiosity in significant measure is Lauren Euler. Now, Lauren is a, a writer, author, essayist. Bravely, reluctantly, uh, she took a goop cruise. <laughs> this is a, a disturbing and disorienting journey that she chronicled for Harper's uh, in an essay appropriately titled, I really didn't want to go on a goop cruise. <laughs> she joins us now to discuss. Lauren, Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You too were Goop curious? Um, yes. Well, I can become curious about just about anything um, if it involves a all expense paid nine day Mediterranean cruise. Um, Fair call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's this sort of like golden handcuffs kind of feeling about that, which is to say, the great assignment that I was given by my Harper's magazine was go on the Google cruise and sort of report what you saw. And they knew I was going to say yes, because not only do you get this free vacation, but also writing about what it's Paltrow and Goop uh, is sort of like a no-brainer for Catholic um, <laughs> white traffic, right? Like you were just saying you subscribe to the Goop newsletter, yep. and that to me is shocking, right? Like why <laughs> is an Australian man, no offense to men, but why is an Australian man subscribing to, to Gwyneth Paltrow? I, I can't <laughs> explain it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess you're a journalist, so you have a you have an excuse. But it's really shocking to me uh, how many people around the world know what this is. Uh, so when I started reporting the essay and sort of t- start talking to people about it, I live I live in Berlin. I live in Germany, um, and so I have lots of friends from all over the world. And it was really shocking to me, like the range of people who know exactly what that is and definitely want to read. Uh, long gets <laughs> from the Goop cruise. Well, but, but there, there, may, there may be some listening who are, who are less well informed, shall we say, about Gwyneth and, and, and Goop. So, for those who may be uninitiated, um, who's Gwyneth? What's Goop? What's what's the proposition? Sure, and absolutely. I just want to be clear. I, I respect anyone who doesn't know what it is. And Th- theirs is a better world in many respects, I think, yes. than ours. Yes, and I'm sorry to have to burst your bubble uh, by explaining this, but uh, so Gwyneth Paltrow was sort of a, a movie star uh, from the 90s and 2000s, the early 2000s. Um, she won the Oscar for Shakespeare in Love when she was about 26, and she was sort of a beloved semi-indie darling uh, in the in the 90s and 2000s. Um, and her, her mother is the actress Blythe Danner, um, her father is a sort of producer, Bruce Paltrow. So she's just sort of one of these like old Hollywood families. And in the 2000s, she sort of broke away from acting, moved to London with her then husband, Chris Martin, the lead singer of Coldplay, um, and began sort of giving these kind of not quite feisty interviews. She has a very particular uh, matter of fact way of speaking to journalists that she still maintains even in this sort of like hyper stressful media environment that we live in now. Mm-hmm. And she started writing a newsletter in 2008. Uh, and at that time, it was a travel newsletter. And I think this sort of idea was that she she said, oh, I love giving travel recommendations and I love getting travel recommendations. So I'm going to start 
started a newsletter. That's what I signed up for. Yeah, in 2008, that's when she started it. Um, and it sort of grew from there into what is now, I believe, a $390 million uh, company. That's, I, I'm not, I could quote myself, but I don't have the article open right now. Um, and it's a kind of like wellness empire is the best way to describe what Goop is. So from that newsletter, uh, they started doing beauty tips and they started making skincare. Now they have a clothing line, which if you happen to catch Gwyneth Paltrow in her uh, ski trial recently, uh, she was being sued <laughs> by a man uh, in, I believe, Utah for, uh, he claimed she ran into him while skiing and he was trying to sue her. He lost, but she was wearing a lot of her her G-label clothes that, that Goop produces. They also have a website where they like publish lots of wellness advice and they have these sort of like conferences called in goop health summits uh which probably run like 1500 american dollars uh for like a day-long session it's pretty expensive it's really expensive i mean you can go on and on and on they have a publishing arm they have like food delivery in la and then very briefly uh they partnered with celebrity cruises to sort of have supplementary programming on on these luxury cruise liners, uh, and, and I went on one of these. Were you a cruise fan in any event? <laughs> um, I've been on one when I was about thirteen, uh, and it was a very it was a sort of mini cruise. It was a Caribbean cruise out of Florida, and my mother always wanted to go on one and so they sort of saved up their money and took us on a cruise that was like a three day long thing around the Bahamas. But no, and I think. There's something um, there's something perplexing to me and then several other journalists who were on the cruise because the setup was it was just a normal large cruise ship, it was a mega ship, normal cruise ship about capacity of like three thousand people, and so most of the people who were on the boat were just regular cruisers, mm. and then there's a subset of people who paid an extra seven hundred and fifty dollars to get special goop extras. Um, and these, included, <laughs> these included three workshops. There was an astrology workshop, of course. If you know anything about wellness, and you know there has to be something astrological involved. And then there were some smoothies that we got, and there was supposed to be a special trip into Tuscany that was canceled because of bad weather, and just kind of like general schmoozing. We also did get free skincare products, of course, Quite, yeah. quite a substantial um, gift yeah. bag of free skincare products. Well, 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 was yeah, exactly. It was great, the skincare was the best part. Um, <laughs> the thing that they actually sell is like a, I mean, you know, if you believe in skincare, which I don't really know if I do, but I've tried enough skincare to know that like it's as good as anything else. But what was perplexing to me and the other journalists was that the, the sort of typical cruise traveler typical guest on the cruise ship is generally, uh, for Americans at least, mm. generally a retired American who lives in the Midwest or lives in Florida or lives sort of like in the Hamptons, right? So so in the typical Goop customer is a bit younger, uh, living on the coast, so living like in New York or especially in California, and really sort of like new age, hippie, woo-woo, but with a real sort of luxury sheen, right? And the way that the cruise in the United States has gone is it has gotten much cheaper to go on a cruise ship. So it's not really the kind of thing that you do if you are truly wealthy, right? Yeah. Uh, so 
the other journalist and I were trying to sort of figure out like what is the play that Gwyneth Paltrow and her company are making by expanding into this kind of uh, more middle class potential customer base. Did did you resolve this question? No, I just think it was they were completely incompatible uh, because the, gir- the girls who worked for Goop were quite snobby, um, and and like being you know I I will cop I'm I'm also a postal elite uh, like I, I I'm a snob you know when I travel I don't go on a cru- I I wouldn't go on I would never go on a cruise. Well, you you make the point that the, the cruising, especially in the, these mega ships, this is this is the embodiment of travel evil. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's horrible for the environment. Also, another thing that sort of a coastal elite really cares about is the environment, or, or ostensibly cares about, right? They're pretending to care. They're pretending to have these liberal values. Um, and a cruise ship is incredibly wasteful. It doesn't allow you to travel in this kind of, like, well-researched, like, sensitive way. And um, in Europe in particular, the sort of cruise circuit uh, around the Mediterranean, starting in Barcelona and going through the Mediterranean, um, is really damaging to the port cities' economies um, where the cruises dock. Because statistically, uh, there was a study out of Norway that found that like less than 50% of passengers on a cruise ship get off the boat at each of these port cities. So the cruise lobby is always saying, you know, it's great. It's great. It's great if you let us if you let our cruise ship dock here because you'll get a lot of tourism money. And you they just don't. Uh, and another study found that that the average cruise passenger spends less than twenty five euros in a port city on a day. So, <laughs> so and in the meantime, they're polluting. They're incredible. They're incredibly bad for the environment. They're killing marine life. Uh, it emits the uh, one cruise ship emits the carbon of about twelve thousand cars. So I say in the piece, quite frankly, like they should be illegal. Like this is not something we should be doing. And they also sort of bring in this this kind of tourist that is sort of uh, passe, which is to say, a sort of like. Oh, I just want to see like the main tourist sites and like eat like at an overpriced restaurant and then go back home. So, so you say you say you know you, you wonder what the um, expansionary possibility is for the Goop Empire. I mean, I wonder whether the the cruise business is is also trying to expand its demographic by including you know audiences like the the Goop audience. Absolutely, and the publicity, the PR uh, people for celebrity were actually very helpful, and they were quite frank when I asked them, "Okay, what are you guys getting out of this collaboration?" Mm. And they were saying, "Oh, you know, we want to expand um, and uh, and sort of attract sort of not cruisy people to the cruise ship um, experience." Um, and they, the company in particular, had sort of sought out like architects and designers who do, who did things that weren't on cruises. Um, and sort of was trying to say like, oh, this is actually like a, a very nice sort of sophisticated thing you can do for your vacation if you want to. So despite, as, as you point out, this is sort of the, the grand slam of, of wellness meets semi-luxury. So you were, you were gr- greatly tempted by this. You, you the, the title of the piece is I really didn't want to go. So what, what were your reservations? <laughs> well, I think I have a problem with dread anyway. Um, but I sort of felt myself resenting and then resenting that I was so easily manipulated by uh, the temptation to write a sort of big women's magazine piece, right? So a lot of the piece, Goop is obviously, the clientele is mostly women. Um, The people who are going to read this are mostly women. And also wellness in general is kind of a women's topic. Uh, And if you are a, a, a writer who's a woman, you end up 
being tempted to write about things that you're not particularly interested in because the, it's a you know there's so much you know that it's a huge opportunity lots of money there and you get all this free stuff <laughs> um so so and you're kind of sort of perpetuating a cycle of like vaguely sexist ideas mm-hmm. even if you're going to criticize goop right you're still saying i care about this stuff i care about skincare i'm a woman i know about astrology and it's true i am a woman i do know a lot about astrology i do know a lot about skincare so there's this kind of like tension there that I play with in the piece. And also the genre of wellness writing in particular always involves a kind of skeptical writer going to do some kind of like salutary, have the salutary experience. And they always have some kind of personal epiphany. So they're talking about their personal life for one reason or another. And you're supposed to be very vulnerable when you're doing this. And you're usually supposed to cry and have this epiphany and sort of say, actually, the wellness thing did change me after all. <laughs> but everybody appears to cry. Is this yeah. is this yeah. intrinsic to the wellness experience? Yeah. Well, I think they really want to get their money's worth. Um, and crying is kind of a shortcut to feeling like you had a really emotional experience, right? So there's a big re- sort of reclaiming of being emotional as a woman um, as part of uh, feminism, I think. But it does end up, I would argue, end up sort of perpetuating the same thing that it purports to like solve in feminism, which is to say that if you're constantly reclaiming crying and you're constantly crying, then you're still feeling like you have to be sort of emotional as a woman. So it's a sort of trap that way. The essay on cruising, of course, has notable um, antecedents. David Foster Wallace in your own magazine, Harper's, for example. Yeah. And I, when they asked me to write the piece, I think the implication was, can you do an update of this, the David Foster Wallace piece, uh, which is, was called, when they published it in Harper's, Shipping Out, and then um, the more famous title is A Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again. Um, and he he this, he publishes this in 1996, about a month before his huge novel, Infinite, just comes out. And he, what it is, is just a sort of like description of every possible element of a, a cruise experience that you could have from like beginning to end. So it's a really comprehensive piece. And also David Foster Wallace, I'm a big David Foster Wallace fan. Uh, he's completely unique as a writer. Um, so anyone who tries to imitate him is going to fail <laughs> and embarrass themselves. But I felt like I had uh, an advantage here because I had a specific assignment, which is not just to do a mm-hmm. cruise essay, yep. do the good thing. So there's this sort of pressure to like live up to David Foster Wallace, but then there's also this competing idea of like women's writing. And I just couldn't, I kept joking to my friends, oh, I'm just going to do the girl version of the, of the <laughs> cruise essay. I'm doing the girl version. And then I sort of liked that joke a little bit too much. And I, <laughs> and I sort of turned it into, okay, so you can't imitate David Foster Wallace, but you could be the female version of David Foster Wallace. And so I make a huge, I, uh, I make a long joke about that in the piece. Something that something that he may have found awkward. <laughs> uh, but it's fun. I mean, it was it was fun. And also it's quite liberating to acknowledge the bandana and elephant in the room um, and yes. like get over it, right? Like and analyze it and then move on because there's a lot of stuff that was interesting and funny and surprising on the cruise itself. Well, so it's a very complex assignment. Did it in any respects, you know, convert you to a, the wellness cause? I mean, what, what what were the positives from that? 
<laughs> you know, my my editors when I was doing a draft, they kept saying like, "Well, couldn't you? Didn't anything good happen? <laughs> like, is there anything you liked?" And I kept resisting because I was like, "Well, yeah, there are things I liked. Like, I went to Italy, I saw these Caravaggios, but that doesn't have anything to do with the assignment, right?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I got pizza with my friend in Italy. Like, I t I stole away a couple of hours, or like I walked around in Marseille. Of course, I love Marseille. I love Europe." But that doesn't have anything to do with it. Like, you really need to say something nice. And I can't really say that. I think in terms of any sort of wellness pursuit, which is probably meaningless and doesn't really quote unquote work, like there is a, a limited amount of it doesn't really matter. It's a hobby, basically. It's fun. If you want to do astrology in your free time, that's that's fun. And and you can sort of do interesting things with that. You can kind of get a bait. You can learn things about yourself um, doing things like that. Uh, skincare. I use skincare products. Uh, do they work? I don't really know, but it's like something to do, right? Uh, and I think, but I think where it takes a dark turn is where it becomes kind of ideological or almost like religious or like people put a lot of their hopes on, on wellness practices mm. and sort of alternative medicine. And it starts getting quite dark. And so Goop has had all these controversies for sort of promoting, but not not anyone who works for Goop themselves, but they'll they'll allow these quote what they call practitioners to blog for them or to go on like there were these practitioners on the cruise itself. And so they'll have these these conferences and also have these people there. And they will espouse a wide range of medical or health viewpoints that may or may not be, be accepted by mainstream medical associations and that are sometimes quite dangerous. Mm, that I mean, that, that's where it becomes, I mean, a, a, a fairly serious concern is that it, it's putting a view of, of life and self-care, which is not necessarily based on anything efficacious or scientific. Absolutely. And I think, too, particularly in the United States, where the medical system is absolutely disastrous and where... People cannot access basic health care um, in most parts of the country. And also, if they do, they have no idea how much it's going to cost them. Um, it's a really sort of dangerous environment um, for these kinds of views. And that's mm. why we have all these sort of hucksters and quacks sort of selling like powders and, you know, like alternative med, like, like weird procedures to get the toxins out of your body. They're all, it's all very concerned with like, purity and like no toxins and all this stuff and so it's quite pernicious but what was difficult for me what's difficult for anyone to sort of talk about it is that many of the people who are buying into this are quite wealthy right because it's it there's like a high barrier at each entry in terms of cost and also in terms of awareness of what goop is so it's not as if you're in the united states i'm from a, a quite quite poor um area of the united states west virginia and, you know, there's like stretches where there's no hospital and like it, people are very unhealthy and, it's, and they have no money. Right. And it's not and they can't afford any medical treatment. Um, and so it's not as if Gwyneth Paltrow is preying on those people. She's actually just like tricking kind of people who should really know better and have access to sort of high end medical care into doing all of this kind of like um, at best pointless and at worst, like quite dangerous medical stuff. And the sort of the best example of this is not the most um, the, the sort of like most reckless example. It's not the most reckless example, but it is the most famous example, which is that in 2018, Goop got in trouble because they were selling uh, what they called yoni eggs, which were these um, like jade eggs that you're supposed to insert 
into your vagina and they were claiming that they had all these health benefits and uh, the state of California, I believe, sued them for making false advertising claims. So they had to sort of change their tune. But when I was on the cruise, there was a sort of woman who who said she wasn't herself an anti-vaxxer, but she was just asking questions about, <laughs> you, know, th- you know, things like that. And it's it's just, it's hard, it's hard to sort of say like, oh, skincare is fine when you've got this whole other element there. Which takes us inevitably to smoothies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is in a goop smoothie? I, I remember I remember kale and coconut. Kale, oh, kale, of course. And the base, so with a smoothie, you need a liquid base, as I'm sure everybody listening knows. <laughs> I believe the base is coconut water, kale. But the key ingredient in the goop smoothie what is spirulina, which Gwyneth Patrick herself claims to have popularized. Um, spirulina is a biomass of cyanobacteria that can be consumed by humans and animals. Uh, it is used as a dietary supplement or whole food. And I unfortunately do not even know what technically is a whole food, um, but it is, uh, it's a it's a potent source of nutrients according to Google. Um, it may have antioxidant, pain relief, anti-inflammatory, brain protective properties. I do love a lot of this like wellness alternative medicine is about like brain function and protecting your brain by eating certain plant-based whole foods. <laughs> but on the there's a long joke in the in the article about how we got one free goop smoothie um, per day because uh, they're quite they they're giving you things but they need you to know that they can take they need you to know that they can take it away at any time so you get one goop smoothie a day you can't have any more and it was this sort of pleasant kind of aquamarine like deep green teal color that you I sort of organized my day around like when I would get the goop smoothie because it was my special my special treat for the day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just in summary, Lauren, uh, it, it, on the Goop Cruise, in that, that strange combination of, of wellness and floating partial palace, I mean, which, of the, was, which of it was the, the, the most offensive, I guess? Which, which side of that equation? The Goop or the Cruise? I, oh, that's hard to say, to be honest. You did get Caravaggio's. I mean, that's a plus. I, yeah, the Cruise thing is, the, the Cruise itself, Sort of my gut feeling is to say like, oh, I dislike Goop more than I dislike cruises. But I think probably the greater harm to society is being done by the cruise industry. And I think, too, there's something about me because I grew up working class and because my mother sort of saved a bunch of money so that we could go on a cruise when I was young. I sort of feel like there's a way in which like the cruise industry is sort of Tra- the travel industry in the United States in general sort of preys on like w- like work- lower class people in order to convince them that this is like the ultimate vacation that they could possibly want for themselves and their children and they should sort of like really like strive for this. Um, and since I've sort of grown up and moved away and, and experienced more of the world and I sort of see the sort of beauty and like traveling in a in a more sustainable um more more targeted uh mm. more sort of research way where i you know i know about the caravaggio so i go see them i think it does a lot of people a disservice to continue to promote <laughs> the cruise industry uh but at the same time i think that they're really confident of people on them but my gut reaction is to say the goop is worse but i think that's just because it's more annoying it's <laughs> a fair response. <laughs> right? <laughs> as fair as I can get it. Well, congratulations on a, on a, a sumptuous essay. And if, if nothing else, the experience provided you a 
great inspiration for, for wonderful words. And thank you for taking the time to talk us through. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was great. Lauren Euler, writer, uh, Goop Cruise survivor. Uh, we, <laughs> we'll put a link to her fabulous Harper's essay on the, the Blueprint page at the Radio National website. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.